Welcome to the podcast, And the Church Said. This podcast discusses faith, mental health, church, and culture from a Christian counseling perspective. I am Dr. Monique Smith-Gatson, and I am your host for this podcast. Consider me your church counselor and consultant who is discipling the body and the members in mental, emotional, relational, and spiritual health. I am trained in both psychology and theology, equipped and equipping for the work of the ministry. Although I am a licensed clinician, this podcast is not intended to serve as therapy. We strongly encourage you to seek out your own personal relationship with a professional therapist. This applies also to our special guests who have opinions and professional insights and expertise of their own. Their contribution is also not to be regarded as therapy. Our aim here is to hold conversation around these important topics regarding the church and mental health. So thank you for joining us for this episode. Hello, everyone. I am so glad to have you to join us on today. And as I um, say pretty constantly, thank you all for listening sharing and following and supporting and all of the things that you do with the podcast. Thank you so very much. I didn't want to skip over that today, although I um, almost did just to kind of get to the heart of what we are going to discuss on today, but I did want to stop and just say thank you again for all that you do and the various ways that you do support this podcast I always say is truly a labor of love, as my friend, fellow podcaster Susan C. says, um, but do not ever look over the labor part. It is indeed um, a labor, but it is also an act of obedience. So thank you again for the various ways that you do stand in support of this podcast. So y'all, you know, I have been talking about this period of time between the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus. And we're just looking at how Jesus is uh, ministering during this time and how he has appeared to people during this time. And I told you that I have felt led of the spirit to just really focus in on these particular passages that highlight um, what Jesus did, his activities between the resurrection and the ascension. And um, I'm still there today, but in light of the current events um, that we are experiencing, it is May the 15th, 2022. This is the day that this particular episode is to be published Yesterday, there was a mass shooting here in the States, um, in Buffalo, New York, at a grocery store in what is reported to be a predominantly Black neighborhood. And so I am not going to reiterate the facts and, and the details around this horrific tragedy because every mode of communication that exists out there is is doing that for us and um, i don't feel the need to have to add to the conversation in that manner and therefore i i will not um what it did bring me to 
is um, really looking for Jesus um, in these particular passages. I, I know Jesus is appearing and, um, you know, we've pointed out where even when we're doubting and even when we are, you know, upset, Jesus draws near to us and, and I'm grateful. Lord knows I'm so grateful um, for his relating to us in that manner. Um, and I also want to stop here and note that although I am focusing on this particular event, I am very aware of other events where there has been violence that has been enacted upon other ethnic groups as well. So um, I'm aware, <laughs> I'm very aware um, by being a Black woman when we are being um, targeted specifically, it triggers in a more personal way because I'm a Black person. <laughs> just as it is any other ethnic group, it triggers when it is one member of that particular people group. Not that I don't feel for all, not that I don't see the image of God in all, but y'all get what I'm saying, all right? Um, it's so unfortunate in this day and time, we feel as though we have to um, be so explicit in defining our exact point of view because so many will come from so many angles and perspectives with the what about and don't forget. And I understand that. Um, but I think most of us who write and or speak, we know that we can and should really focus on a point of view, a topic, a few points or whatever the case may be. And that's what I'm doing on today. So those are all of my disclaimers. All right, y'all do with them what you will do. Um, but I, I um, went back to combing over these particular passages that I have been focusing on. And they're just the passages in the gospels, the four gospels after the resurrection where Jesus appeared. Those are the ones that I am focusing on and I don't have them before me today. Um, I, well, I may can find them as we're talking and just um, give those to you for reference or maybe I'll just drop them in the show notes. I think that's what I'll do. I'll drop them in the show notes, okay? But today I um, am going to read from John 20 and this is what the spirit led me to after I kind of put a pause on what I thought I was going to talk about today, just to see if I needed to focus more specifically to speak to the current events of our time. And so um, <laughs> I just knocked over my notebook, but um, yeah, so this is what I was led to share on today. So I'm going to read from John 20, and I'm going to read verses 11 through 16, Christian Standard Bible. But Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she was crying, she stopped to look into the tomb. She saw two angels in white sitting where Jesus's body had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you crying? Because they've taken away my Lord, she told them, 
and I don't know where they've put him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know, she did not know it was Jesus. Woman, Jesus said to her, why are you crying? Who is it that you're seeking? Supposing he was the gardener, she replied, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. Turning around, she said to him in Arama Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. So that is John 20, reading verses 11 through 16. And I hope I pronounced those words right, Aramaic <laughs> and Rabboni. Yeah. So I just have a few things to say about this particular passage. I'm just going to point out a few things. And I pray that as you track along with me on today, that this will be applied to our emotional and our mental well-being as individuals. And I hope that collectively as members of a larger body, the church body, that we will think about what this looks like in community so that, again, we can be about the business and the work of healing and uniting and restoring in Christian hope. So first of all, Mary was standing outside of this tomb crying, right, which is a very appropriate response after witnessing the horrific crucifixion of Jesus. And now she is coming to the tomb and she's realizing that Jesus's body was taking away, taken away as she thought. So the angels then asked her why she was crying. And she said, because they have taken away my Lord and she does not know where he is. So first of all, I just wanted to back up and say, Mary is crying, like period, teasing outside the tomb and she's crying. And it's a very appropriate response to the grief that she is feeling. When people are crying, if they're standing at grave sites or other memorials or makeshift memorials and they are crying, that is a very appropriate response, okay? So, I know sometimes for various reasons, people may not be able to shed tears. People may not cry when they are grieving. Um, I'm not gonna say that's the only way to express grief, but it is a pretty common way to express grief. But if we find ourselves unable to cry, then perhaps that might warrant us talking with a therapist to understand what is happening with us and within us that we are restrained from shedding tears, from crying, because we very well may be able to discover that we might have some maladaptive coping mechanisms that we can easily, easily 
um, transform into more healthy ways, more adaptive ways of coping and grieving, all right? So crying is a very normal response. Now, next, when the angels asked her why she was crying, um, listen, they gave her space to answer that question. They, they didn't say, stop crying, or you have no reason to be crying. I mean, they knew Jesus had risen. Um, as a matter of fact, you're going to see in one second that Jesus you know, was standing behind her. Um, but they didn't respond. They, they asked the question. They said, why are you crying? And they gave her room to answer that and to express what has her in tears. And so I think that we as church members, we need to be mindful to do the same members of this body, not just the church, not just the brick and mortar. We're talking about this community of believers. We can ask people, and if they don't mind sharing, why are they crying? So we ask, we say, if you don't mind sharing, why are you crying? And we need to honor what, what they tell us if they choose to tell us. And if they don't, we need to honor that choice not to answer. And so either way, our response can be, or what we can say is, if you're comfortable sharing with me, why are you crying? And I want you to know, you can answer this or you don't have to answer it. I just wanted you to know that I care and I just wanted to ask. However, you do not have to answer. So let's make sure that we do give people that space to cry and we don't, you know, circumvent that or short, shorten their, um, their time with their tears. It could be therapeutic and healing for them. We allow them the space to cry, okay? And we respect if they share with us or if they don't. That's important to remember. Now, the next point I have is when Mary had said this, this is when she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there, but she did not recognize him, which I reiterate, and I've said this over the last couple of weeks, we can be overcome with intense grief and not recognize Jesus in that moment. And church, we need to be gracious when people do not see Jesus immediately and we also need to be gentle with ourselves when we don't see him immediately, when we are having intense emotional responses. These can sometimes blind us from seeing what seems obvious to maybe other people, of course, who are not having that response. So be gentle. We need to be gentle with ourselves when we don't see Jesus right away. We read this and we'll discuss it in just one moment that Jesus will make sure that we see him in due time, okay? So our next point is also, now that she turns around and she sees Jesus, although she doesn't recognize him, guess what Jesus does? He asked the same question that the angels asked. 
woman, why are you crying? And then he asks, who are you seeking? So I love the fact that he asks the same question because he also gives her room to respond. And then I love that he asks, who are you seeking? So he's given her time to come to recognize him on her own. He could have easily said right then and right there, hey, Mary, here is me, it's Jesus. You're the, I'm here. You're looking for me. Here I am. But he didn't do that. And I think that there's beauty in the fact that Jesus allowed Mary her tears. He allowed her to express her tears. And he also gave her space to process so that she will come to recognize him on her own. And so lastly, as I stated before, that Jesus will make himself known to us in due time. And Jesus just simply called her name. He said, Mary. And she turned and she said, Rabboni, which means teacher. I just think it's beautiful that all he had to do was call her name and she recognized him. Again, he could have called her name earlier or he could have interrupted her grief response and her tears, but he didn't. He allowed her the space to do so. So as I close out, I just so grateful that the spirit helped me to notice how Jesus had dealt with Mary so that we can point out these things and we can take note and we can imitate Jesus because that's what we're supposed to be doing as followers, as disciples of Jesus. We should be following him and imitating him. So just to kind of reiterate, we give people space and margin and grace to cry. Please refrain from telling people to stop crying. Please, pretty, pretty, please. Let us refrain from telling people to stop crying. Secondly, we ask why they are crying and we reinforce that we're only asking out of care and concern. And then guess what? Check yourself and make certain that you are only asking out of care and concern and not being nosy. Because if they choose not to answer, we need to be okay with that. If they choose to answer, then we need to honor them and their feelings by holding those sentiments in confidence and with deep regard. And now, disclaimer, this is again, unless they are planning to hurt themselves or hurt someone else, we have duties to, um, to intervene at that point. But when people share with us their pains and their sorrows, we need to honor that and we need to honor their feelings, holding those things in confidence and then expressing and extending care and compassion and comfort to them. Next, let's not be so quick to help people see Jesus. I know that kind of sounds like, what? Shouldn't we say, well, Jesus is here with you? Well, yeah, but at the right timing, at the right time. 
We need to let people grieve. Jesus, again, could have interrupted her, but he didn't. He let her grieve. Let people grieve, y'all. Jesus will make himself known. Our part, our part is to embody his care and his comfort, his compassion. His part is to make himself known. Next, let's give people opportunities to recognize Jesus on their own. Kind of a follow-up with what I just said. He will do that work. So we need to give people those opportunities to recognize Jesus on their own. And lastly, for all of us, Jesus will. He will make himself known to us. And I believe that he calls our name, our names in, in various ways that are unique to us that we can hear. And I believe that is when we come to recognize him. While we're in the midst of this intense grief, while we are trying to figure out why are we at these tombs and at these memorials and these makeshift memorials, why are we here? Why are we crying? Yeah, Jesus will call our names. He will. So as we are processing yet another trauma, while we are still processing other traumas that have been so very recent and seemingly are happening at lightning speed, there's a lot that is going on, y'all. That's a lot. And so we need to be kind and compassionate and gracious toward one another, toward ourselves especially for those of us who are grief-stricken and traumatized. I am so grateful that Jesus will give us room to grieve and will make himself known to us. So I just leave you today with until next time. Let anyone who has ears to hear listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. After you have heard my call, what will be your response? And the church said, 